Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. I'm so glad to have you back for today's episode on our worth. Now, I posted a quote on social media a few weeks back that received so much response from you guys. And I had a number of y'all saying, yes, record an episode on this topic. So let me tell you what that quote was, and it will frame up what we're talking about today. And that quote is this, is your value does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see your worth. Let it sink in a minute. Your value does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see your worth. And I think all of us have been there where we have had to wrestle through our value and our worth, especially when we go through those fires, when we go through those seasons, because we all do, where the people around us, the environment around us, the voices that matter are not communicating our value and maybe quite the opposite. So I wanted, we've all been there. We've all walked through this stuff. And if you haven't, you probably will. (laughs) Um, And I believe it actually is seasons that the Lord in his goodness allows us to walk through. Every situation is different. But I did want to have my friend Jackie on the show today with me because Jackie is a voice that I consider with high regard in my life. She is one of those people who actually is so good at communicating to me my worth. And so she's one of the safe people that I can just really unfold my heart with. And she has so much wisdom and the way she seeks the Lord and seeks his word and and seeks to make sure her heart is always in alignment with his heart and his um, voice in her life. And so I thought she'd be a perfect person to speak to this topic with me. So Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time to come (laughs) be on my show and bless my listeners. Well, thank you for having me on here. And um, I just want to briefly say, like, I'm just so thankful for Jenna Lee and um, the role that she plays in my life. She is probably one of my top three dearest friends. Um, And, you know, what I love about her is that she just has so much ability to dream and have vision for the future. And um, and it inspires me to just want to dream more and have um, a bigger vision Um, to do great things for the Lord. And so I'm thankful for her. And if you don't have a friend that can inspire you to dream that you can come alongside with and dream along with them and they can dream along you, then you need to pray and ask the Lord to give you one of these (laughs) friends because they are valuable. So, um, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. So, um, so like she said, my name is Jackie and, um, you know, first of all, I, I just love Jesus. Like I truly love him so much. He's my dearest friend and, mm. um, and just someone that I know that I can talk to and that, um, that when I do share my heart with him, that he'll gently, uh, take me through the processes of life so that I can be transformed more into his likeness. And so, mm. um, but right now, currently in my life, I wear many hats. I'm a wife to an incredible husband named Adam Grimm, who is a dentist, mm-hmm. um, and has a beautiful smile. <laughs> I am a I'm a mom to four wonderful children. I have two boys and two girls, a nine-year-old boy named Caleb, a six-year-old daughter named Sophia, um, a four-year-old daughter named Abigail, and then a two-year-old little dynamite of a personality boy named Luke. And Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for their life. They keep my life busy. They're so um, beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, they really are. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, I'm a mom and also um, a part of a wonderful church here in Tennessee. And I get to lead small group and I get to teach on Sundays and just help out. I just I'm a part of whatever is needed to um, just make the church function. Um, and uh, on most days, you'll find me doing laundry, exercising, <laughs> and just doing everyday life chores, you know, dishes yeah. and everything. Um, but what I'm most, most, most passionate about is seeing uh, people encounter God in just a real way and just to see them like come alive as they discover not only who God is, but who he created them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart and passion is really just to see people like live a life full in Jesus. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's something I'm learning right now. Um, and I've been learning for, um, quite a long while, but I just, I've just seen God work in my life and I want to see other people be able to experience the same to go beyond just, uh, being a Christian um, and go beyond salvation to a fulfilled life. But that's really what I'm passionate about. Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you guys some of the qualifiers that make her so rich indeed that she will not brag on herself about. But I actually met Jackie way back in college, 2001 to 2003, when we were at Teen Mania Ministries. And she served for a, a, a semester as kind of like a small group leader in my life. as She was my leader. She was there a semester before me. And um, anyway, so that's how I met her. But then she went on to study under Ron Luce um, in public communication and then did a full year of that. And she stayed on, weren't you an RD also, like a resident director? No, I was just on staff. Oh, she was on staff. Okay, so she was on staff at this big ministry back when she was like in her 20s. And she's been on staff at various churches throughout her life as um, really a young minister. And she recently at one of um, her church before the one she's at when they lived down here in Houston, uh, she was a pat on the pastoral staff and started a school, a leadership school that I had the privilege of coming and, and sharing with as well. And she just blew it up. She formulated this whole system for their volunteer department. And okay, I'm probably, I don't know, I don't have all the details, so I may not be giving all the details correctly. But from my perspective, she was just blowing it up. And I was like, get it, Jackie, get it. And so she's actually (laughs) really well-established and experienced minister. And so um, right now her season is focused on motherhood, but the Lord is beginning to open those doors of ministry back up to her in different ways. So Super exciting for me as a friend to watch, but I wanted to share all that so you guys understand that she brings some weight and depth and knowledge and insight and experience with her um, with her perspectives that she'll be sharing today. So anyways, Jackie, I couldn't let you off without bragging <laughs> some of your weightier moments. Um, I appreciate but... <laughs> those kind words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about self-worth, Jackie, because there's a whole movement in our culture right now that's about self-love. And Mm -hmm. I love and hate that topic. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it because there is some truth in that we need to value ourselves. Mm -hmm. And self-love is, you know, I think about accepting yourself, being comfortable with yourself, you know, just not being so critical of yourself. But I I see it get really unhealthy when it's so focused on self that we forget that we're actually commanded to serve others and lay down our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the worldly version of self-love can actually draw us away from God's um, commandment to us to love others. But Mm. 
he tells us to love others as we love ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. there is an element of we have to have value for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so I want to talk about self-worth from a Christian perspective, um, but just a really healthy, like balanced perspective, because, you know, as you've probably experienced in the church, some, some, um, maybe even some abusing of that concept of, of lay down your life and dying Mm -hmm. to self. So where do you find from your journey, where do you find the lines fall between self-love and having a healthy valuation of yourself versus laying down your life, taking up your cross and putting others first and the Christian sacrificial side of things? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's a bunch of things that you kind of asked all at once. I did. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. So I think, um, first off, you were talking about um, how right now we're seeing in the world, like this whole uh, move, I guess, in um, in just loving yourself and and finding finding worth in yourself and and I think that one of the things that separates maybe the way the world does it from the way that we're called to do it as believers is that one um, is focused and centered and carries the weight of us loving um, ourselves by ourselves and the other one as a believer is that we are able to love ourselves because we understand that we have value, so much value that God saw it, that it was necessary and that it was worth him sending his son to die on the cross. And so with that whole gospel message comes the fact that, hey, we're not doing this alone. So I'm not going to find self-value by myself because I'm saying things over my mind or because I'm, you know, moving through X, Y, and Z, but I'm finding worth because I I get to know this God whom I was created in the image of. And as I get to know him and I, and I get to know his heart and I get to know his character and I was created that way. Wow. I I mean, he made someone pretty amazing. And so there's Mm -hmm. a partnership there versus the ways, the way of the world. I think it's just that you do it by yourself. You just got to love who you are, be yourself, be you, be you, be you and it's still focused and centered around you versus the other one that's focused and centered around God and then what he says about you. Yeah, Um, that's so good. Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, as we are, um, I think we're, we have this generation right now and I, and I was listening to, uh, I think his name is Ian, um, the guy that talks about Enneagrams. I can't think of his last name right now, but you know, one of the things that he, as he was sharing, is that this generation really um, is a purpose-driven generation. And people want to make a difference with their life. People want to make an impact in this world. You know, that's why we have tons of um, social media influencers. That's why we have, you know, people who are in their 20s writing books and um, Mm -hmm. even teens who are, you know, so just uh, setting a platform on TikTok, you know, and have over a million followers. I think we mm-hmm. have this generation of people who want to make a difference in this world and want to live a life full of purpose. And I think mm-hmm. that's great. And I think that that's that's a, a um, that speaks volumes of how we were created in God's image because everything that God does is done out of purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And so. But understanding our self-worth, understanding our value is so critical to us being able to live out our purpose. And so if we can't, if we don't learn, if we can't grow in our understanding of how valuable we are in the sight of God, therefore we're able to value our own life, it'll really keep us from 
going out and doing these amazing things that God has put and destined on the inside of us. And it'll keep us from trying things because we're afraid of rejection from other people. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's so critical that we understand um, how valuable we are. So, yeah, yeah, it's so good. So, okay. So back to the original quote that I gave of that your value um, does not diminished based is not diminished based on someone else's inability to see your worth. And I think that the self-love movement works with that in tandem, but it really, that quote speaks to kind of a more specific pain point that I think all of us have experienced of where we're in a relationship, in an environment where, you know, it's, it's normal, healthy human behavior to mm-hmm. operate out of a place of value and treat people with value. That's a, mm-hmm. that's healthy humanity. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, it can go much deeper and more fur and further when God's love is a part of that picture. But basic decent human behavior is: I know I'm valuable, and I'm going to treat you like you're valuable, whether we match or agree on everything or not. Um, so, speaking to that though, now self worth is an important part, and I think is a key to being able to hold on to our sense of value when mm-hmm. someone else doesn't see it. But how have mm-hmm. you in your life experienced, especially? Because, and I don't want to overlook this concept that for people who feel like for any of the listeners or even moments in my life, when I have felt like someone else's um, words to me, which it's not just anybody, it's usually the voices that matter. You know, Mm -hmm. someone you're in a close relationship with, someone who's a leader um, or, or whatever, a best friend, if their words tell you that you're not valuable, it cuts and it stings in a different way. Then, then, and that's, and then someone else. And I think it's because we're in, innately designed to mm-hmm. be seen, to be heard and to be valued. That's the core nature of being in community mm-hmm. and in relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and God wired all of us humans for relationships. So in all of us, we want to feel seen. We want to feel heard. We want to feel valued. And mm-hmm. so I think that's what's fundamental under our life journey of trying to find our worth Mm-hmm. Okay, so to my question, what have you found in those relationships where the voices are heavy and the voices are weighty and they matter mm-hmm. and they're speaking words that do not communicate your value or even speak words that are detrimental to your sense of value? How mm-hmm. have you found a way to guard and protect your personal sense of significance even in those kind of environments or relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... I mean, I, I love that you said that our fundamental needs are to be seen, heard, and valued because that's so true. Um, so I think that one of the things that, as you were sharing, is like that came to mind is this thought that I just have just been speaking over my life for a while now. And I, that's Jackie, do the work, um, do the work. And mm-hmm. so um, and so what do I mean with that? There's a scripture. Um, it's Proverbs 4.23. Um, and I think a lot of us are familiar with that. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And so, um, you know, and this may sound a little bit harsh. And so um, help, you might need to help soften it for me, Jenna Lee. <laughs> okay. um, but I also don't want to, um, I don't want to sugarcoat it. And that's that um, we have to do the work of loving ourselves, ourselves. 
Um, and, and that, and that means doing it with the Lord. That doesn't mean doing it on our own. Like we were talking about how kind of the world does it. It's like, I just have to, you know, love myself, love myself, look at myself in the mirror and say, I love myself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you've got to do the work of the heart. And Mm so a lot of times what I have found is, and this is just a practical thing that I, I do sometimes is that I have found that when something is bothering me about something that someone said that mm-hmm. really hurt me. Um, and you know, and, and you're right. The, the times that it hurts the most is when it's with people that you love and respect, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's, there's a times where, I mean, the, the weight of my husband of what he says means so much that sometimes when we get into a disagreement and he says something that's not so kind in, in his anger and his frustration or whatever, in his moment of just trying to figure his own emotions out, I, I can take that word and then it will, it will try to sow itself in my heart. I mm. mean, and it can quickly change the perspective that I have of myself. Mm. And so one of the things that I do is when I find myself hurt like that is I write. And what do I write? So I'll often like make this sheet of paper and I, I'll put like a, a mind dump or brain dump and I'll just start like I, I put a little circle and I put that down and then I start making little notes that come from like, what is it in my mind? What are these thoughts that are feeding how I'm feeling right now? Um, what are in, and I, I actually just did it not too long ago because I was sitting uh, um, and thinking about how I'm like, Oh, I have all these ideas. I don't know what to do with it. I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not good at starter. And I just felt like the enemy was attacking my mind and making me feel like you're not good at this. You're not good at that. And so I wrote this down and I started writing all these thoughts. And then I started from those thoughts, I wrote, okay, so where is that thought coming from? And so what I was doing is I was doing the work of my mind and my heart. Like I sat down and said, God, I'm going to uncover the lies. I'm Mm going to uncover where these feelings are coming from. I'm going to write them down. And so once I had done that, I started to pick out the things that I'm like, okay, these are the things that I can, that I actually have control over how someone perceives me or sees me, I don't have control over. Mm-hmm. Is there an area in my life that I can work in? Then that area I can choose to say, you know what? I'm I'm going to, God, I need you to help me. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me in this area. What does mm-hmm. your word say about that? And so I take responsibility for my own heart. Mm-hmm. I take responsibility for my own life. Yeah. And then I l- let go of the things that people say or do about me that I have no control over because yeah. I, I can't control how they feel about me. I can't control how they perceive me. I can't control um, what they think about me. Um, but I can't control these things. And these are the things. And there's something about doing the hard work and taking the time to process these things um, mm-hmm. that that brings so much truth and revelation and uncovers the lies of the enemy. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's one of the things um, that I have just kind of worked through in my life that I, I'm just, and then the other thing is like from that scripture, like, yeah, do the work, like do the work. And the other part is yeah, what's, lots of times I think some of our struggle with like loving ourselves comes from things that are, that have happened in our past. Um, I was telling Jenna Lee, this is like, you know, I, I'm, I'm Latina, um, for <laughs> all of you listeners <laughs> and the uh, most beautiful I, caramely Latina <laughs> ever. <laughs> and I have very tan skin and I have a father who is light skin and has green eyes. And my sister is lighter skin and she has these beautiful hazel eyes. And 
I've got dark skin, dark brown hair, dark brown eyes. And um, growing up, I, you know, people praise my sister's hazel eyes and they praise my dad's green eyes and they praised his light skin. And in that somewhere, I formulated this thought that the color of my skin was not as good as theirs. And I came to the realization that like, as I was sitting one day, spending time with the Lord and listening to worship music, and I was worshiping God about, you know, just talking about God, you're just so wonderful and creation so wonderful. Look at what you made. And then as I'm talking about how wonderful everything is that he created, the mountains and the trees and all of these will worship you. I thought to my, like, I felt like the Holy Spirit say, so then why do you have a, why do you have a problem with the way that you were created? And I thought to myself, what do you mean? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you've looked at the color of your skin and you've thought to yourself, I wish I was lighter. I wish my skin tone was lighter. And And I had to go after that thought. Like I couldn't allow someone else to come into my life and to fix that for me. I had to go after that myself. And I began to pursue God's word about it. And I began to pursue the Holy Spirit teaching me and And I just realized that like, you know, the color of my skin, the way that I'm made, the brown eyes that I have, the brown hair, all of me is a part, plays a part in what God's purpose is for my life. Mm -hmm. And so now the value of the, the, now all of a sudden what this thing was where I thought, I wish my skin was lighter, I wish this and that, or I valued something to be more than, than what I have. I, I love the color of my skin and I love my brown eyes and I love, and I just think I'm just, I just love. And so Again, that's the difference between the world because I don't love my, like, I'm not like, ooh, I'm just brown and, you know, this and that. But it's just like, I just love how God created me because it's so, it plays such a big role in God's purpose for my life. Mm-hmm. It's a different perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, mm-hmm. And I love said a how, lot. <laughs> no, that's okay. I love how um, your perspective of do the work because... I feel like that bridges the gap between like that element right there is the element that's present because of the difference between the original world that God created for us to live in, which was the Garden of Eden, perfect Mm -hmm. and no sin, versus Mm -hmm. the reality we have to live in, which is a broken world with with a, a carnal, sinful nature and broken thinking and broken relationships and broken people all around us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that, what you just said, that do the work of managing your heart, Mm -hmm. that is the bridge that allows us to still experience some of that perfect world that God designed for us because he's, Mm -hmm. he's given us all things. And this scripture is coming to mind that he's given us all things in heavenly places. Um, to walk out in the fullness of what he's called us to be. And so I, when I look through these aspects of life where there's struggle, I can always see tools and ways that God has made provision for us to live above that struggle. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's he provided Jesus and grace in the cross so that we mm-hmm. don't have to live a slave to sin, or whether that's he provided tithing and generosity and sowing a seed as a means to live above lack, you know, and he's, he provided for us the ability to love in the face of hate so that we can live above hate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so even in this, guarding and managing our hearts and choosing to do the work is a tool mm-hmm. in a way that we can live above the, um, 
the brokenness that's around us that would try to deteriorate our sense of self-worth. That mm-hmm. felt really wordy, but I hope it made sense. Yeah, and I think I think it's so important that we recognize that because at the, at the end of the day, the, the worth that we give ourselves and the value we give ourselves is nobody else's job except for our own. Yeah. We like, we can't, we like the thing about it is that I think sometimes, and I've, I've been guilty of this is that we think that someone telling us that we're beautiful or someone telling us that we're sin or someone telling us that we're gifted or someone telling us that we're a good communicator is going to solve the problem of our heart, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not going to. And so we have to take ownership of what are the things got in my heart that are causing me to feel like I don't, like I don't, you know, I'm not worthy or, or I'm not as gifted or I'm not as good of a communicator. And I'll tell you, like, I mean, I've been communicating since I was probably about 16 or 17 from a platform. Mm -hmm. Um, and even till this day, I speak on a, on a Sunday and on a Monday, I have to work through my heart. Like yeah. I have to, I have to work through the negativity that wants to come up and tell me, you know what, there's a better communicator than you or, right. or they're not going to invite you again because you know, you were too wordy or whatever. Like, and I have to just say, you know what, the applause of people will come and go. The people saying that you did great or you didn't do great, it's going to come and go. And so what people say, think about me, can't dictate my self-worth. That has to come internally. And I have to, I have to do the work internally. I cannot yeah. expect other people to give me something that only I can gain in my relationship with God, with meeting with God and, and yeah. bearing the fruits of His Spirit. So Yeah. Now, let me, I, I love to look, like, kind of pan back and look big picture at things because mm-hmm. I feel like when we look broad, broadside picture of things, it helps me break away some of the religious thinking and the shame-based thinking that can creep in over time. Mm-hmm. And for those of us, I mean, the fact that we are affected by people's words and people's perceptions of us actually, mm-hmm. I believe, was put there by God because mm-hmm. of the fact that He designed us for community. He mm-hmm. designed us, like the Word says, do not forsake the fellowshipping of other believers because we're meant to keep each other built up in our faith. We're meant to um, encourage each other. In Hebrews, it says, as long as it is called today, do not fail to encourage one another so that your hearts are not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Like God designed it where our words and our energy, like we are meant to be, be a source of influence to each other for mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And so that's God's design. But the, the flip side, the, the, you know, broken world sin has entered the picture side of that puzzle piece is that as much as we can be affected by people's positive words and encouragement, and it's great and it's good, we can also be affected by their criticism. Absolutely. And my pastor always says, if you live by their praise, you'll die by their criticism. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Um, but I feel like I feel like the maturity of us growing in Christ and becoming like him is where we step into that natural process of people's words will affect me to some degree. And we're able to, like you're saying, take ownership over it and say, these words are allowed to affect me. These words are not allowed to affect me, or rather, mm-hmm. these words are allowed to affect me, but even in that, I take it through the lens of what God has said first. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I've also been in situations where people are so full of flattery that that equally feels unsafe to my soul. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where there's mm-hmm. so much flattery, I'm like, ooh, this feels like a trap, you know? Yeah. Um, and so no matter which end it is, whether it's flattery or whether it's criticism, like there is always, always, always going to be a need for me to be totally grounded and deeply rooted in God, what God says about me mm-hmm. above and always beyond what people say about me. Always, always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's just, that's where the process of our, of our maturity, um, takes shape because I think this is something that we will always have to work through our whole lives. I think so too. I mean, I, I think, and I think that's why it's important to find the tools that are going to help you be able to overcome these thoughts when they come your way. Because I think even, I I think, and I think generally you and I can probably relate to this and some of the listeners can too as well, but the more influence you have, the more opportunities you're going to be there. You're going to have to be rejected by people. True. And so that that's just going to keep coming. And so what we need to do is I feel like is we need to realize like, Hey, let's, let's get some tools in our tool belt that we can use that when we feel that way, when those thoughts come to our, you know, come our way, how we can overcome them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you were talking about quotes, uh, this quote, actually, I don't know who says it, but um, it's one of the things, one of the quotes that I lo- love as I've been actually growing in my own confidence. And that's it. Confidence is not, will they like me? Confidence is I'll be fine if they don't. Mm. And like, it's not, will they like me, but I'll be fine if they don't. And, and the reason that I'm fine if they don't is because again, their perception or their thoughts or their opinions or, you know, the things that they say, whether good or bad does not change something that is unchangeable about me. And that unchangeable thing is that I am, I'm, I'm worth it, that I have worth because of the fact that I was created in the image of God. And that, that whole concept though, it sounds so like, well, I was created in the image of God. That's great. And that's wonderful. And it gives you butterflies, <laughs> you know, it's, what does that so, look like on Monday morning? Right, exactly. And, and here's how like, I feel like, and, and what does that look like? Many of you have been so sweetly asking how you can help promote and support the podcast. And so I've thought about it and there are a couple ways that are super easy and super efficient. Firstly, sharing any posts that I make about an episode, rating and reviewing on social media and iTunes is huge. This is so simple and yet it really helps get the word out to more people and it actually helps me come up higher in iTunes search results so then people are able to find the podcast more easily. Secondly, you can financially support monthly through the Anchor app, which is where I'm hosted, or on Patreon. Just go to the Anchor app and hit support or you can give through Patreon as a monthly member. Just visit patreon.com slash javawithjen. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash javawithjen. And sign up to be a monthly member at whichever amount that you prefer. Your donations help me to invest into new equipment, helps me send thank you gifts to interviewees, because I love to do that, and affords me the ability to continue to put my time back into my podcast so I can keep giving back to you. Now, some of you have already been doing this, and I am so grateful. Thank you so much, because when y'all do this, it encourages me so very much. So that, again, was share, rate, review on social media and iTunes, or give financially through Anchor, or Patreon. Okay, with all that said, thanks for listening and let's get back to the show.
that, you know, I mean, there's so much in the scripture that tells us, you know, what that practically looks like. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruits of the spirit that we're to bear because of the spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. And so, I mean, those are practical things. Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you gentle? Are you, you know, those are practical things that you can do. But what does that look like? And that looks like in order for you, I'm sure this has probably happened to you, um, but this happens to Adam and I. Okay, so my husband, Adam, is... um, He's great. He's wonderful. When we were dating, boy, he would take me on these long shopping trips. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy loves to shop. Okay. Well, that was the dating phase because after we got married, I realized that he actually uh, doesn't enjoy shopping as much. And as a matter of fact, shopping, actually, he feels like a part of him dies when he's at the mall for too long. (laughs) That's awesome. I think a um, lot of men can can relate to that. right. And so, you know, and so when we go shopping, like together, I know that I've got to have a plan and that I've got so much, much time, you know, before a piece of him dies. And so I've got to go get it done and I've, you know, I've got to go and get it done. And so what I've noticed is now we've been married now for 10 plus years. And what I've noticed is that when I go shopping now, I have the same mentality that he does. Like Mm -hmm. I, I like, I'm like, you know what? I just went shopping with someone um, just yesterday and they're like, Hey, don't you want to look at these books? And I'm like, actually, no, I really want to get out of here. I'm done. I've been here for an hour. And I just think like, it's because we live together. It's because we do community together. It's because my husband and I, you know, we lay next to each other in bed. We spend so much time together that we've we've begun to look like each other. And so I think that the thing about understanding our worth as, as, intangible as that may sound like understanding that you're created in the image of God. How do you do that? You do it by spending time with him. The more you spend time with him, the more you're going to get his thoughts about you in your mind, the more you're going to get his words about you in your heart. And the more that you have community and relationship with God, the more you're going to understand this whole idea of I was created in the image of God Mm. Um, because you're spending time with him. Whoever you spend time with, you know, that saying, that your parents probably told you and told me is like, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you what you'll look like in your future, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I think, and I think it's like, spend time with God, like spend time in his word, you mm-hmm. know, Psalms 139, read that over your life. You were, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made, get that inside of your mind, renew your mind, allow the Holy Spirit to, to give you revelation of that. And you'll see how that understanding of how you were created and how you're created in his image and therefore you have worth just begins to bear fruit in your life. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if you guys want some help on what it, how to have a quiet time and like how to get time with the Lord, you're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I know that's great, but I'll be honest. Like when I first started learning how to have a quiet time, I did not know how to connect with the Lord. I was like, everybody says that I should have these great moments with Jesus. And I just I did not know practically how to get there, you know? And so I actually shared an episode, a couple of episodes back called Supercharge Your Quiet Time. And, um, and I talk about those things. And so if you feel like you need help in that area, learning how to connect with the Lord privately and personally, then go listen to that episode. There's a couple others about learning to hear God's voice that also kind of hit on that in real practical ways. So go listen to some of those episodes, but you're right. Having time with the Lord, it reminds me of the passage in John where it says that I'm the vine and you are mm-hmm. the branches mm-hmm. and apart from me, you can bear no good fruit. You can do mm-hmm. nothing. And mm-hmm. so like we literally won't mature or walk in a healthy soul place, like a healthy place in our heart 
if we're not regularly connecting with the Lord. And I feel like the word of God is the most solid place to do that. Like, um, just going to the, to the scripture and, and, and even looking up, like, I mean, you could even Google like scriptures about my self-worth or scriptures about who I am in Christ and start with those. And there's tons of, tons of scriptures about how it was God's delight to make you his own and that he chose you before the foundations of the earth and, and that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you and he had great plans for you and destined you and called you by name. You know, like Mm -hmm. all these scriptures that speak to our personal value. And if we meditate on those, meaning if you think on it again and again and put it on a, a scripture card, you know, like a little index card or whatever, or write it on your bathroom mirror, or just something that speaks to you to remind you what your self-worth is and what God says that about your value, then you're, you basically, you're just having to reprogram your thinking. Our thinking has been programmed to take cues from the people around us. But as we mature, we, we learn that we can help determine some of those cues. We don't have to just take cues from the people around us. We can actually um, train our own thinking. And, um, and I think that's, that's actually really, really healthy and really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting into the practicals, I love that that was super practical. Um, for me, something that I found that was a real practical tool to recognize when I'm believing negative things, um, is if you're in a situation or you have an encounter with somebody and you find that you have a pretty dramatic reaction, let's say, um, let's say you tried out for the worship team at church and you were not selected and you found yourself really hurt or really mad or wanting to suddenly speak poorly about the worship leaders, you know, or something, you have some kind of dramatic reaction. It could be at work, you were passed over for a job, or it could be with your spouse. He chose to play video games instead of spending time with you or, you know, whatever, um, when you have a reaction, pull back and take some time to, like Jackie said, do the work of, of dealing with your heart and think about the reaction because you have a reaction because there's a button in your heart that's being pushed. And mm-hmm. that button exists there because there is a lie underneath that button because mm-hmm. the whole way our souls are wired is love-based thinking produces positive responses Fear-based thinking produces negative responses. That's like the most fundamental way to look at your brain wiring. So when we have a negative reaction, underneath that somewhere, there's fear-based thinking. And if we can track our hearts and think back, like I'll give an example. I, um, my husband and I were working with a couple and we were going to meet with them and we met with them on a regular basis. And uh, so I had texted the whole group, the four of us, and said, hey, did we decide on a time to uh, get together? And instead of them responding to me in the group text, the other husband messaged my husband privately to try to work out a time. And I asked my husband, I was like, well, why didn't he just message back in the text? Why did he, in essence, ignore me? And my husband was like, I don't know. It's just no big deal. But I actually, that night I went in my bathroom and I literally cried to myself because I felt so passed over. And I, I realized my reaction was quite dramatic for the literal situation. And so I stopped and I said, okay, Jen, this is a reaction. 
what is the lie that you're believing that is, is giving you this reaction? And I stopped and I, and I asked myself that and I realized that the lie I was believing was that I'm invisible, I don't matter, and that people are just going to run me over. And because that is a lie that had been perpetuated in my thinking based on a number of experiences in ministry and as a married person or whatever. And so I was able to identify that lie, though, and realize my issue wasn't really with that man. My issue was with that lie. And so then I was able to confront that lie and say, you know what, Jen? You're not invisible. You do matter. You're not going to be passed over. In fact, he probably was trying to just be a gentleman and work it out for you ladies. You know, like Mm -hmm. I was able to give him the benefit of the doubt from that place. And Mm -hmm. so I came to peace in my heart. I was able to work it out and I was able to identify a lie that was really beginning to shape my behavior because what I wanted to do was email the group thread and be kind of like antagonizing about it, you know, (laughs) and, and all I would have been doing was acting out of my hurt and I could have made that an actually really uncomfortable situation for everybody when really I just needed to do the hard work of figuring out what lie I was believing. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, Absolutely. And so I feel like I feel like that is a tool that has been really helpful for me. When there's a reaction, identify there's a button here. What's the lie that is being pressed? And confront that lie and correct it with the truth. And I do all of that privately. And it helps to preserve <laughs> me from making a fool out of myself by acting out of a negative self-worth. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's, that's a practical tool from my end. Yeah. That's great. I love, I love how you're, you just take a step back. I think that's so, um, it's wise to just not be, you know, reactionary. I don't know if that's a word, but to just react. Um, I love that. I, I shared this with Jenna Lee earlier. Um, I think it was yesterday, but one of the scriptures, you know, I think our mind has so much power. Um, and I think that's why the Bible addresses our mind in so many various scriptures, Um, but it also gives us hope because it says that we have the mind of Christ. And I just love that. I love that Mm -hmm. we have the mind. And actually, as I was doing a study on, um, the word mind, it's noose in the, in the Greek. And I love it because it says essentially that we have, um, the mental and physical powers of that of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we have the ability to take authority over our thoughts to take authority over our emotions, to take authority over how we feel, to take authority over lies, and then and then bring them captive to the truth of what God says about us. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important. And I love what you did that was very practical. Um, mm-hmm. I also do some practical things. And, you know, some one of the things that I recently, not too long ago, struggled with was I was waking up thinking, I'm not smart enough. I've just been learning and growing and reading a lot of material right now. And sometimes it feels like it's a lot. And I just feel like I don't, I'm not smart enough. I can't retain it. I don't have a good memory, all these things. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to, I just, I took that. I wrote all the lies down on an index card. And then I actually created a confession for myself that mm. when that lie comes around, I can speak that confession 
over that lie because the truth is is that the enemy is going to he's going to bring that lie back around Mm -hmm. and now i'm like you know what if you come back around i've got a weapon that i'm going to use um and the it's so like confession and speaking things out there's so much power to that i think about even you know how we were created in the image of God. When when God spoke the heavens and the earth and all of creation, He created man. When He spoke, He spoke and things happen. And so there's power when we speak. Mm-hmm. And so I think creating confessions over areas where you don't feel self worth or where you feel are being attacked by the enemy, that value of your life is being attacked. Create a confession that you can read um, based on scripture. And it doesn't have to be anything like super long or whatever, um, but create a confession that you can speak over your life whenever um, that lie comes back around. And and then, and then another thing is like create maybe some core values for your life that, that are unchangeable that you take through in every situation. So that way, when, when you're, when you're starting to feel like your self-worth is being questioned, whether it be by what somebody says or thinks about you, or even what you say about yourself, that you can say, actually, and I have some core values too, but like, actually, you know what? It doesn't matter what they say, because here's the truth is I am a daughter of God. Here's, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they say, because the Bible says that he actually called me to be a mouthpiece. So I'm a mouthpiece. Like this is, this is scriptural. This is a value, core value, not something that I created for myself, but something that his word directly speaks into my life that I am. And mm-hmm. I carry these and these are unchanging. They don't change. They're the same. And I can just carry them with me in every season of my life. And so there's so much power in just speaking these things out and then creating these things so that you can speak them over your life when you're starting to feel maybe like, you know, some your self-worth is being attacked, whether it be by yourself because of yourself yeah. or because of something someone else said about yeah. you. Yeah. And let me, with a final thought before we yeah. jump into our life hack section, let mm-hmm. me just encourage those of you who are listening, like this topic that we're addressing is one in essence of identity. It's your ability to know that you're worthy and you're valuable regardless of anything around you. And that I feel like is one of the most core fundamental um, areas that we must mature to fulfill what God has for our life. And so you will go through times when this very thing is tested, when this very thing is challenged, whether it's the impacts of racism or whether it's the impact of um, gender inequality or um, verbal and emotional abuse in environments that you can't control, you know, or, you know, spiritual abuse in the church or leadership, leadership that's difficult or, you know, whatever it is, like your core identity will always be tested. And it's interesting when Jesus was taken into the wilderness, the Holy Spirit led him there right before he went into his ministry and he led him there to be tempted by the devil And I think it's interesting, the way the devil tempted him is he targeted his identity. He said, Mm -hmm. if you're really the son of God, do this. If you're really all powerful, if you're really who you say you are, then I I challenge you to do this. And the thing is, if Jesus was not assured of who he was, then he would have been enticed into that because he would have felt the need to prove himself. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he did not allow himself to be pulled into that that struggle of needing to prove himself because he knew who he was and he knew he didn't need to prove it to nobody, you know, mm-hmm. because he was sure of his identity in the father, 
he didn't have to prove anything. And so he did not get pulled into a snare. And Mm -hmm. so just realize if you find yourself and your identity being tested and your sense of self-worth being challenged, realize this is part of the refining process that is even Jesus had to go through it to be ready for the ministry that God had for him. And whatever Mm -hmm. the ministry is, whatever the destiny and calling that God has on your life, you will go through this. And it is hugely important. You cannot shortcut the process. The only way to get through it is to pass the test by being firmly and deeply rooted in God's love and Mm -hmm. what he says about you. And Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to say that to encourage anyone who's going through that right now. Your season is not accidental. It's not a result of something broken in you. It is actually the result of God's belief in you and the fact that he's trying to make you ready for what's next. And so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jackie, thank you for sharing your thoughts. Now don't, don't hang up guys, because we're going to jump into life hacks with Jackie and Jen. And (laughs) so stay tuned. Some little intro music. Blurp, blurp, blurp. Okay. Okay. So Jackie, you are a woman full of practicals. And so life hacks is all about saving people's sanity. So what is something simple that saves your sanity? Oh my goodness. So generally asked me this yesterday and I thought, Oh, so many things. Um, I'm just going to go with something, um, that is super practical, super easy, I think, but makes a world of difference. And Mm -hmm. that is, to clean up as a mess, as the mess is, you know, occurs. And so what do I mean with that? So like one of the things that I regularly do in my house, because I have four kids and they're nine and under is that, um, I teach them that once they're done playing with something, they have to put it away before they pull something else out. Um, and that goes with, that goes with everything. Um, for example, dishes every night, um, before we go to bed, it is a discipline. I doing dishes is one of my least favorite chores. Yeah. Um, and everyone's got their things that they don't like. I would rather clean a toilet than do dishes, no, to be no. honest, because there's something about doing the dishes that just feels <laughs> icky. But anyway, here's the thing is that every night before I go to bed, the dishes get done because wow. I don't want to wake up the next morning full. There's something about waking up and seeing my kitchen with dishes just overflowing that just, it Stress just makes me, yeah. yeah, it makes me feel like I'm, t- I'm starting, you know, with I'm starting, I'm starting already behind. Mm-hmm. And so I, and so I just, it's, it's not just with that, like every, everything, like everything, you know, making your bed every morning, like little things mm-hmm. that I can do uh, to minimize the amount of cleaning that I have to do all at once, I try mm-hmm. to do. And you yeah. find like putting your shoes in the in the in the right spot as opposed to just leaving them there. Mm-hmm. Little, just making little little things, little moments of just picking up and cleaning. I feel like make a huge difference to my difference to my sanity. Oh, so, so. good. I heard I read one time um, someone said that they follow the the one touch rule where if they're taking something off, the goal is to only have to touch it once before it gets put away. So meaning if you put it down in the chair and then you're going to have to pick it up to go put it away, that's two touches because you took Mm -hmm. it off, you set it down, then you have to pick it up again. And Mm -hmm. so the one touch, meaning if you're taking the jacket off, just take it straight to the closet and hang it up, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or whatever, which is in essence exactly what you're saying. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to say, I admire your discipline to get dishes done at night because I have found my productivity time is in the morning. And so at nighttime, I'm like, I don't even care if the kitchen's a wreck. I'll wake up and clean it. <laughs> yeah. And see, and see, my productivity time is in the morning too. And so because I don't like doing dishes, that's not where I want to spend my time of yeah. productivity. I don't want to yeah. be doing dishes. I want to wake up and do this, the things that I love and value the most at night. I, I want to do the brainless things like I want yeah. dishes. That's brainless, you know, putting yeah. a load in the, you know, in the washer, that's brainless because in the morning is when I'm the most alert, the most awake, you know, and the most ready to get stuff done. And so I don't want to spend that time doing the things that I can do that don't require a lot of effort. I hear so, that. I hear that. I thought. Okay, that's so good. So that hack, you guys, is just get it done right away. Don't put it off and Mm -mm. get it done straight away. You have those disciplines in place to save your time and sanity and messes. It's so true. The little things make a big, big, big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so my life hack would be for those of you who also don't have a lot of time for reading but love to learn, I have found that if there's a book that I want to read, most authors will go around and speak on that book at various locations, especially Christian authors and stuff, they'll speak on that book in various locations um, when it's being released. And so I will actually, is totally cheating the system, I will go and look on YouTube and on podcasts for that book title, and it'll pull up messages that maybe they've spoken about that book. So it's almost like getting the footnotes and I can get the general concept Um, without having to spend days and weeks reading through a book. Some books I want to pour over and I want to underline and I want to take notes. But if I'm just looking to get the general concept, I will go find a message on YouTube that's an hour, hour and a half, listen to a podcast that's an hour or whatever, and I'll ingest the material that way. And it's so much quicker. And I can do that while I'm driving, while I'm showering, while I'm walking, while I'm doing the dishes, you know, while I do all the things. And so I consume a lot more material a lot more rapidly that way. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love reader, it. So. love it. Yes, yeah. I'm a reader. I, I, like, <laughs> I like the underlining and the, it, and sometimes it, it, it is a slower process, but, but I do, I, I do, I started listening to audiobooks, so. Mm, I'm moving yes. in that direction. Moving in that direction. <laughs> That's so good. Well, Jackie, I don't want to keep you all day. I told you 30 minutes and it's been an hour. So I totally oh. lied to you, but I know you love me. And so I do, um, but I don't want to abuse that love. So <laughs> thank you for taking the time, Jackie, to bless me and my listeners with your wisdoms and your knowledge on this topic. And um, yeah, thanks so much for, for joining me today. I love you. I love you too. All right, listeners, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Again, make sure if this spoke to you, share it with a friend, share it on social media, leave me your thoughts. When you guys leave reviews, I post them on my social media account because I love to read them. I love to share them. And if I can stay on top of it, I'd love to incorporate them into my podcast episodes too. So thanks you guys so much. I love hearing from you. Stay tuned for the next week's episode. And otherwise, I'll see you on social media. You guys have a great week. See you next Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say hey. It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. 
You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.